It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You mentioned Danton Heinen on that first Martian goal, Scott. You and, and, and Bridget, what are your opinions on on the addition of him as a as a PTO? I mean, averaging half a point per game right now, eight points in 16 games, and just been a real, real steady addition to this team who's not only producing, um, as I mentioned, a half half a point per game pace, but just doing a little things right and is a, is, a, is a good utility guy for them right now. Don't you want to get Xerxes' opinion? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I'm sorry, Xerxes. Do you want to? You want to go? <laughs> um, yeah. He he says it was a great no risk uh, situation. That yeah, he's he's a Panthers fan. We don't we don't need his opinion. <laughs> <laughs> he's so happy looking at the camera. Uh, it's because he's being good because he wants cheese here. Um. Yeah. <laughs> sorry scott you can't have any but uh so yeah dan heinen has been able to play up and down the lineup he has been able to play successfully with the best players on the bruins team and you see him set up the first marshawn goal you see you see him able to impact the game and by the way first of all like when you send a guy on a tryout you're kind of because no one's already signed him uh, as a free agent, a lot of the times what you're what that says is like, okay, well, this person has some deficiencies and maybe you know maybe makes mistakes, um, maybe isn't as good defensively like as their offensive upside. I think he's played as well. Like he's he's for sure exceeded expectations, but also he's not a liability. Sometimes when you add a guy that's like you know, we're taking a flyer on him. It's there's some sort of liability. I don't feel like he is when he's out there, he's making moves, he's making plays, he's doing little things too behind the play. And that just helped the team. And Montgomery is probably thinking like, I told you so this, this is a player that I knew from coaching him in college was, uh, you know, had the skill set and could really impact the team. And um, I assume he had a role in Sweeney's eventual decision to sign him. So, um he's making that decision look really smart well yeah and think about how many forwards they signed before him day one of free agency they signed four james van reemsdyke milan lucic morgan geeky patrick brown and then and, two weeks- and jesper boquist i don't know if that was before or after but they signed boquist and he's not well, on- yes you you cut me off but yes Two weeks later, they signed Jesper Boquist. I was getting there, Bridget. Patience. 
Um, well, you know me, you know, I. and then, know. and then late August, last week of August, they bring in a veteran forward on a PTO and it's Alex Chieson. He was the first one brought in on a PTO. It's not until the first week of September that they bring in Heinen. And um, now he has more points than all of those guys, except for Van Riemsdyk. So, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure Heinen was on their radar, especially with the Montgomery connection, but like, they've got to be thrilled that, you know, one that he was out there so long and two that they did eventually reach out and bring him in um, and then kept him around. And obviously, you know, he missed the first nine games while he was still technically on a PTO. He was practicing with the team, but not playing games. And then you look at Brian, you mentioned his, his point totals, you know, half a point per game. Well, really though, only one of those points came in his first six games. Now he's got seven in the last 10, like as he's settled in and and gotten up to speed, it's been even better than that. And um, yeah, I mean, you know, do I think he's going to stick on a line with Marshand all season? I don't know, you know, a little hard for me to believe, but right now he's certainly playing well enough to be there. Well, I mean, if he keeps playing and if he keeps producing and playing this uh, this two way reliable style of hockey, but also by the way, he's been aggressive on forechecking. Like he he's 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 getting his nose in there, and you know we've talked about Jake DeBrus before and and his his um, underwhelming production to this point. Um, you know if. Until DeBrusque starts, I mean, he's, I think he's got 10 points, DeBrusque, um, which is tied with Frederick. I think he's eighth in, I think he's eighth among forwards on the team in scoring, I believe. Um, which obviously, if, you know, DeBrusque, uh, he, he, he needs to be a little bit higher than that. So if DeBrusque starts to get going, then uh, um, production-wise, then maybe Heinen's, maybe he slides back down. But until then, I, I mean, he's playing great. So I don't, I don't really think he should be punished until something changes, you know? Yeah, no, for sure. And, you know, they've, they've started integrating him into the penalty kill more too. Um, he kind of sort of like replaced Trent Frederick there. Frederick started the year getting some shorthanded ice time and it has since shifted to Heinen who, um, you know, is kind of part of like the third grouping with usually Johnny Beecher. Um, when Beecher was at Saturday, it was Jacob Loco. Got a little bit of PK time, but yeah, he's doing that as well. So, um, you know, he's, he's shooting quite a bit, which I think is, more, you know, definitely more than like last time he was here. Um, you know, I, I asked Martian about him after Thursday's game, after the win over the Sharks and, he talked about how, like, since he was last here, he notices that Heinen, like, is, strong, is stronger and plays a stronger game. And, um, you know, Bridget and I talked a little bit about this, but Montgomery on, I think it was on Wednesday, mentioned that, like, they track 50-50 battles internally and said Heinen's winning them at 64% rate. And that kind of lines up with what you see, like, Brian, you mentioned it. Like he, he's, you know, he's helping to to win battles. He's been good on the forecheck. 
good on the walls and it's, you know, he's always been pretty responsible defensively. So. Um, yeah. And, and to illustrate that point about the defense, I, I meant to mention this earlier, Montgomery literally played him as a defenseman uh, when in the game that McAvoy got, uh, got a five minute major and Grizzly got hurt and they were down to four defensemen in overtime. He played Heinen as one of the defensemen in like a trio um, with two other Bruins. I forget who the forwards were, but he was even in the post-game press conference, he said, I played Heinen on defense in college um, when, when he had to, and he, that's how much he trusts him defensively, like that he can play literally any role on the team, including in what was a very desperate situation down your top defensive pair, uh, putting him on defense. Yeah, so he he's he's been great, and you know, just another cog in the wheel of this Bruins offense so far this year, just kind of doing it by committee. Obviously, led by you know David Pasternak and his 30, 36 points in twenty four games. Um, so it's by the way, one one last note there, but so Connor Ryan tweeted out during the game that um, with that assist on on Marchand's first goal, Heinen now has more five on five points this season. Than Tyler Bertuzzi, and I added on to that that so does James Van Riemsdyk. So, uh, you know the 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 bargain bin shopping that Sweeney did, uh, you know, has has worked out pretty well so far. I think at, maybe Toronto, at least in, would, in a few cases. I think maybe Toronto would rather have had James Van Riemsdyk. I um, think that I, I think that if Tyler Bertuzzi was in Boston he would be having a much better season. There's something off in Toronto. Um, there clearly kind of always has been. Um, you know, they're a team that they 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 score, they produce, they get the wins in the regular season. They finally broke through after 20 years of not winning a playoff series last year, defeated Tampa. But... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline there's something in the water there where players go there to, to fail, honestly. And, you know, there was a, there was a video going around um, after the Bruins game of the, the lack of back checking by William Nylander and John Tavares uh, in, on the overtime goal. And it's like, I mean, Marshand and, and Pashnak literally they had all the time in the world. I mean, aside from Morgan Riley, it was, if that was, if, if that was the Bruins that, allow that overtime goal which and, and there's a video of of your captain of, of marshan just n- literally not moving his feet like literally not moving his feet um and nylander like just looking for i don't know what the hell he was doing it, my point is like he might have been looking for a penalty call i, I kind of feel like he was well around. i mean I, I don't think so i think he probably thought overtime was was about to be over or something i don't know yeah the, like it, it was, was like they just yeah it was like they just expected pasanak to score but it's like Guys, what if he doesn't score? Like, what if the play continues? Then, to your point, like, yeah, they were just like nowhere to be found, and Martian just ends up standing all alone in front of the net. So we would be killing the Bruins if they did that. And I guess the the point I'm trying to illustrate is 
Toronto has all this all, all this talent, at least up front. I think there's a lot to be desired defensively, personnel-wise, but we, we would be killing the Bruins if they showed that lack of determination and effort in that type of situation or any situation. So, again, just like kind of – yes, Bridget? I'm pretty sure the Toronto media and fan base is killing them over that. Well, they kill them all the time if they – Yeah, sneeze, it's, it's, safe, it's safe to assume, even though I haven't watched any Canadian television this week, that they're probably – um pretty pissed off about that yeah i thought i thought uh just like to quickly circle back to bertuzzi brick made a good point down the broadcast of like the leafs want to play fast and just like get the puck and go and bertuzzi tends to be a player who kind of slows things down and like that's probably a factor in, in why he isn't really clicking there um and one other thing in toronto it should also just note that, like, as far as team defense goes, they are also very shorthanded on defense right now. Not so Lilligren is still out, Mark Giordano's out, and I think there was uh, John. Well, not that John Klingberg plays defense, but he's also <laughs> right. But also, like, Giordano is a what's what is he 55 at this point, right. So, I mean, you know, I, I get he's out of the lineup, but he's not like somebody who opponents are fearing to play at this stage in his career. And then Lilligren is, I mean, he's decent. I mean, he's like a, you know, five, six guy. So, but your point's not invalid. I'm just saying, like, it's not like they're missing a couple studs back there right now, um, especially defensively. But I guess the point I'm trying to make is, like, if you look at this division, because this is a division that the Bruins have to, you know, ideally play through at some point and continue to play all year. It's like, I, I personally think that the Panthers, the way that they play, as we saw last year, I, I think that they're the, I think they play the right now. They play the best style of hockey that translates in the spring after them. I do think it's the Bruins, uh, despite last year's shortcomings, but just based on defense and structure. And then it's like, you know, Detroit's fun to watch. They're getting Patrick Kane. Um, I think they, as a group, they have to to prove it in the playoffs. And then obviously Toronto, we're talking about now, and Tampa Bay, they get Vasilevsky back, and and defensively they're kind of falling apart in front of them. And they're, as you said, Scott, outside the playoff picture. So um, I do think the Bruins rank just beyond Florida as far as playoff makeup in this division. And on paper, there are teams that might have a little bit more, at least up front. But just your guys' opinion on what you've seen the first you know, two, two plus months of the season and how these teams in the Atlantic kind of stack up. Yeah. I mean, I agree with you that like Florida until anyone proves otherwise, like they are, they're the biggest competition. Um, and yeah, just based on last spring, you'd have to say, you know, a little better built for playoff hockey, um, regardless of where they finish, you know, if, if they're, second or third behind the Bruins. Like, I'm not – I don't think it's a slam dunk. Like, oh, the Bruins are the better team. They should clearly be favored or anything like that. Like, no. Like, I I underestimated the Panthers last year, as, as you guys will remember going into the playoffs. Not going to make that mistake again. Um, Tampa – man, Tampa could be in trouble. Um, I know this, this is skewed a bit because they just lost 8-1 to one to Dallas, which – in and of itself is concerning enough, but I mean, they're, they're minus 10 on the year. Uh, they're exactly 500, 10 in terms of points, like 10, 10 and five. So actually they 
lost, you know, whether in regulation or overtime shootout, they've lost 15 of the 25 games they've played. Um, Toronto has only won five games in regulation out of 22. Like, that's kind of crazy to me. Um, they've, because they're so skilled, they've won a lot of the overtime and shootout games that they've had. Um, by the way, their their only shootout loss was to the Bruins, and one of their two overtime losses now to the Bruins. Um, I kind of feel like Detroit m- might be the third best team right now, and I, I have my doubts about whether that holds up for the entire year. But right now, like that's that's a team that. that got off to a really hot start, had a little bit of a dip and has recovered since and continued to play really well. So, you know, I think like you wondered if that hot start, you know, does it go away like the first time they hit a dip and then they really come back to the pack and that hasn't really happened. Like they, they've bounced back and are now winning again pretty consistently. Yeah. I would see in Detroit also was a team that played the Bruins well like if we're talking about like a a head-to-head matchup in the playoffs like um they they seemed to have the Bruins number a little bit and I think at the time that they played the Bruins originally the first time this season I don't think Bruins fans really understood that this isn't the Detroit team that has been you know kind of rebuilding over the last few years like this is a different Detroit team this year that uh, is actually able to put up a fight, will be a playoff team, currently third in the division. So, uh, and like you mentioned, the Panthers are se- are second best in the conference. So, um, yeah, <laughs> for obvious reasons, the same as last year's re- reasons, the Panthers are such a tough matchup for anyone, not just the Bruins. I don't know if you guys saw the the game they had with Ottawa where there was like five guys left on the bench by the end of the game. Like it is a team that has guys that will mix it up, stick up for their teammates. Like it it isn't, they're a team that's built stronger than the Bruins in terms of obviously we don't think Lucci is coming back. So they have personnel that's different than what the Bruins have. And they were able to use that to their advantage last year. And there's no reason to think they couldn't do it again. Well, you guys mentioned, Brad Marchand and when he's playing well, like in the past, he's he's dragged the Bruins into the fight every game. The Panthers drag their opponents into the fight every game. Like whether whether their opponents want to just chalk it up to a you know regular one of eighty two game, the Panthers don't let them. Like when you have when you're playing against Matthew Kachuk and you know Sam Bennett and Ryan Lombard and you know Nick Cousins and all these ball busters over there, like. And then they have a couple other guys that they brought in this year too that are that like to mix it up. They just they 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 love to play that way. I think it helps get them engaged in the game. And honestly, I would love to see that if if I like if I'm a Panthers fan, I love I would love to see that. I think I think I think every team could could maybe take some lessons. I think if you do that every every game over 82, it might add up, might be a little taxing, but in general, I, I do like the way that they that they play. As a, as a team. Yeah. And, and it works for like, even, you know, forget like being hard on the four check and with, you know, within the run of play being physical, but even like the post the after whistle stuff seems to work for them. Like I, I remember, you know, that's the playoff series against the Bruins when the Bruins are up three, one, that's when like 
you know, Kachuk's going at Allmark and like, I thought at the time, just like straight up acting like a clown. And like, I was like, this seems like really desperate. Like you're going after the goalie and he's like, you know, taking jabs at everyone after every whistle. And yet like, which team had had a spark after that? Like it was the Panthers. So as silly as I might've thought it was, it, you know, it seemed to work. And, and like, he would do that a few other times throughout the, the playoffs as, as well when they, um, you know, as they went on their run. So yeah, they, he obviously sets the tone and they respond to it. 